0: In Psalm 77, the psalmist writes something really, really significant here, something that we don't often do, but I want you to take a look at the context of Psalm 77. Let me read a couple verses at the beginning. Psalm 77, verses 1 through 3, says this, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress... I sought the Lord at night. I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. It's a season of silence. And we've been talking about this over the last few weeks about what happens when you are spiritually in a place where God seems silent. Where you can't hear him, where you can't experience him. The things you felt at one point in the past, you don't feel those things anymore. When you pray, it feels like you don't, it's not going anywhere. Worship songs feel meaningless. Sermons are boring and just there's no spiritual life flowing through you. What do you do in that moment? And he does what many of us have done or what you are doing right now. And we see this in a few verses later in verses 7 through 9. He says, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? His, has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promises failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Right, like in this time, his doubt is starting to creep in. He's beginning to question God, question his character, question his presence, question his intentions. And in that place, and this is where it's key in that place of spiritual dryness, right, he's in a spiritual desert. In that place, what does he do? And this is so significant because if you find yourself in a spiritual desert or a spiritual dry season, what are you supposed to do? That's a question that I've been asked a lot recently. I think based on the sermons that we've been preaching and how God is stirring up people's hearts in our church, people have been asking me, okay, so I'm in that place. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And in Psalm 77, he takes a really cool approach that is so relevant, I think, for a lot of us. Psalm 77, verse 11 and 12, he says this. After all this doubt, after all this complaining, after all this struggle, he says this in verse 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Isn't that interesting? In a state of spiritual dryness, he doesn't say, I'm going to go to church more. I'm going to sing more. He doesn't even say, I'm going to go to the Bible. I'm going to go to the scrolls and, and, and read your law. He doesn't talk about that. He says, I will remember your deeds. I will remember your, your miracles. In this state of spiritual dryness, in this place of struggle, he remembers and reflects on what I'm calling works and wonders. Works and Wonders. And that's the title of today's message, Works and Wonders. And what I want you guys to understand, when he talks about these words that is translated either works or deeds or wonders and miracles, these are two different words that mean two different things. I don't know if you guys have ever done this. When you were in school or if you're in school, you're supposed to write a paper and it's supposed to be like eight pages, 10 pages, 15 pages. And So when you're writing, you start to add a lot of synonyms in your paper. You know what I'm talking about? You, you use two words that mean the exact same thing just to take up space and to take up more words in your paper. Like I totally did that all the time through seminary, right? Like I did it all the time just like add words, add words, add words. He's not doing that in this. He's not using two words that mean the same thing just to like be poetic. He's using two words that mean very different things. The words are works and wonders, and what they're really about is the works of God are the activity, the kind of like simple, basic daily activity and intention of God, the work of God at an everyday level, kind of the common, like not spectacular, just like everyday life stuff that God does for you and me, keeping your heart pumping, you know, keeping your legs moving, keeping, keeping the molecules spinning, all that stuff like God is doing that every day. That's like his work. It's not crazy. It's not miraculous. You don't see that and be like, wow, you know, but it's God's work. It's his daily activity. And then he talks about the wonders. And those are like the spectacular miracles that make the headlines. That's what we talk about in sermons. That's, that's, you know, the, the splitting of the Red Sea, David and Goliath. It's, it's those miracles. So he talks about, I'm going to remember two things when I'm in a state of spiritual dryness. I'm going to remember your works. Kind of the low-key daily stuff that you do that I need, that I often forget about, that I take for granted, but like, you're definitely moving, and then I'm going to remember your miracles, your wonders, the astonishing miracles of my life, things that I've experienced that really like made a difference for me. And what's really interesting is as you look at the, uh, the Sabbath commandment, I don't know if you guys know this, but did you guys know that the Ten Commandments are repeated twice in the Old Testament? It's first given in Exodus chapter 20, but it's also repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 5, but it's different. The Sabbath commandment specifically is different. So in Exodus chapter 20, when God gives the, the Sabbath commandment, this is what he says. Chapter 20, verse 8. He says, remember, that's our word again, the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Holy. Skipping a few verses later, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. He's talking about how God created everything, right? we, We keep the Sabbath because God created all. And I know like that is spectacular. Yes, that he created everything, but he's talking just about like everything you have. The ground, the grass, the the, the harvest, all those things, your children, your family, all the things that mean something at a daily level, that's all from him. So keep the Sabbath and remember that. But then in Deuteronomy 5, notice the difference. He says, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. But what's the rationale? It's not because God created the heavens and the earth, which he did. He says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. In Exodus, he says, keep the Sabbath because of God's works. He just created everything. Everything exists because of him. You exist because of him. But also remember the Sabbath day because of the wonders that God has brought forth in your lives. Works and wonders. He says, we got to remember these things in a state of spiritual dryness. I need to remember the works of God and the wonders of God. Take a moment to slow down and think about all the basic, low-key things God does for you in your life. Then take a moment to reflect and remember the things in the past year, the past five years, that were astonishing and spectacular and huge. He says, this is where you start. But then he also says, not only will I remember, I'm going to recall these things. He says, I will meditate on them. And this is so key for us. I will meditate on them. He says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Put that one time. I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. I'll remember your miracles of long ago, the works and wonders. I will consider all your works and meditate, 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 meditate on your mighty deeds. I read this quote that I thought was so appropriate. This was a really powerful quote about when it comes about reflection. And this is what it says by uh, Trevor Hudson. He's a professor on the East Coast. He says, we don't change from our experience. We change when we reflect on our experience. And I was thinking, I was like, that's so good. Like, that's so true. Like, experiences and events are simply things that happen to you. They just happen to you, but they won't necessarily change you unless it's like huge, right? Like these experiences that are good and wonderful or maybe even challenging, they may not change you because that's not what events or experiences or circumstances really do. It's when you take the time to reflect on them, to ask questions about them. We're going to get into a couple of questions to help you in your reflection. But when we reflect on our experiences, that is what changes us. That's what God can use. That's what makes them into vehicles where God can transform your heart and get in and do something and work in your life. So we don't just remember. We need to reflect. We need to chew on it. Like I said, we're going to talk about it a little bit later. And so the question that has been coming up to me recently is, where do I start? In this dry place, in this valley or whatever. Where do I start with God? I I, I want to take a moment to maybe suggest that this is your starting point. That, that maybe you don't have to, like, read the Bible more or, or, or serve more or do all these things more. Maybe you need to take a moment to remember and reflect on the works and wonders of God. Because the Apostle Paul says, it is God's kindness that leads us into repentance. Maybe you heard that verse from Romans chapter 2. It is, it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It is his kindness that leads us to change and turn around and be different. And how do we experience God's kindness? Yes, we experience him through the moments and the things that happen to our lives. But there are things in the past that has happened to you that God brought in your life that can change you today if you would only reflect on them. By, 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 By reflecting and meditating on the works and wonders, we allow the kindness of God to move from past to present. And they begin to be on the forefront of our minds. And we begin to remember God's goodness and God's kindness and his mercy, mercy and his patience. And in those moments, by reflecting, we can become changed. Maybe that is your starting point. And some of you, maybe you do need to go back to the Word. Some of you do need to go to church and, and sing and pray and, and, and whatever and serve. But some of you, you just need to slow down. Take time to remember and reflect on the works and wonder. Now here's the problem. I am really bad at this. Like I said, I assume that many of you are actually bad at this. Some of you are really good at this. Like you're all about rituals and traditions and setting up rhythms in your life and and reflecting and thinking and like that's awesome. Like, but that's not me. And and for those of you guys who are not me, like I, I we're we're in this together. Like I'm not a great rememberer of things. I I don't know why, but I feel like I remember like Tiny details that are completely unimportant and irrelevant to life. I just like remember those things. And then I like know facts about stuff that are so, you know, doesn't really matter. I, I don't know. I don't need to know those things. But like that, that, that ability to think about something that happened and to kind of re-experience it, that's really hard for me. I'm not really good at that. If you're good at that, maybe you can teach us. But like that's not, that's not me. And so when I, when I even, as I was preparing this message, I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I can't teach people how to do this. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Like, God, I struggle with, with use, making time for reflection and meditation. And, you know, I'll try. And it's like nothing really happens. So, so like, why do you want me to talk about this? And then I read this verse in, chapter, in Deuteronomy chapter 4. And I want you to pay attention to how God talks about this ability, this skill, whatever you want to call it, to Remember to remember look how he talks about it in Deuteronomy chapter 4 he's talking to the israelites before they enter into the promised land so so moses has sat down the people of israel he's like okay We're here, guys. We're going into the promised land. We'll be trying to go for for, for years and years and years. We're about to go, and here's what you need to know, because I can't go with you. So let me tell you everything you need to know before we go into the promised land, into this uncharted territory, into a place where it is unknown, where you don't know what's going on, what's going to happen, who's even there. Let me tell you what you got to do. And this is what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Now search all of history. From the time God created people on the earth until now, and search from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything as great as this, and when he says this, he's talking about the people of Israel and God. Is, has anything as great as this ever been seen or heard? He showed you these things so you would know that the Lord is God and there is another. The things are the miracles, the works and wonders. He let you hear his voice from heaven so he could instruct you. So remember this. And keep it firmly in mind, the Lord is God both in heaven and on earth, and there is no other. So if you obey all the decrees and commands I am giving you today, all will be well with you and your children. And I'm giving you these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving for you, giving you for all time. Like, pay attention to how God is talking about this ability to remember. He's almost making it sound like this is like the most important thing. Like, if you just remember, like everything else is gonna fall into place. Right? All the struggles and issues that you've had in the past with idol worship and complaining and groaning and and all those struggles. Like, when you go in there, just focus on remembering what I did, who I am, my works and my wonders, and that's gonna lead to obedience and everything is going to be fine. Just, just, just. Just remember. Like God makes it sound like a really big deal. But I'm like so bad at this and I don't know what to do with it. And all I can tell you is that I was reading this verse. The thought came to mind that even though I'm so bad at this. Even though I'm not like this person who celebrates and can memorialize things. And and, and feel and experience things in the past. In the present. Even though I'm not like that. Like maybe... Maybe it's worth it to try. That's it. Like maybe because God is talking about it, like it's so important that maybe I should at least try even though I'm not really good at it. Maybe if I just take 20, 30 minutes to to enter into a place of quiet to remember and reflect on the works and the wonders of God, maybe, maybe God can just do something with that. Even though that's like not my skill set. Even though I'm not naturally like that. Maybe it's just worth it. For those of you guys who are like me, where this has not come naturally to you and this is hard. Maybe we should at least try. Maybe we should just put forth an effort. Maybe we can say, I'm not really good at this, God. So can you help me out with this? Because you apparently think this is really, really important. That I remember and reflect on your works and wonder. Maybe I should just try it at the end of this year in 2022. I should just like take that moment. And and here's here's the encouraging news. In John chapter 14, listen to what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. When the Father sends the advocate or the Holy Spirit as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Again, just like with everything, it all starts with Him. The Holy Spirit, if you would just take a moment, if I would just take a moment to acknowledge my inability and weakness to remember and reflect on the works and wonders of God, the Holy Spirit will come and He will remind us of what He has done. Maybe I should just give it a shot. And maybe you should just give it a shot as we close out this year and as we start up 2023. Take a moment, take 30 minutes. To reflect and remember the works and wonders of God. And so I'm gonna close with this. I'm gonna give you guys four questions of reflection. Four questions to ask yourselves, and I would encourage you to actually write down your answers in narrative form. I think that will help you to remember, recall, and also reflect and chew on it in a way that will be meaningful. So here's four questions for remembering and reflecting. And we're going to put this on our social media. We're going to put it on our Instagram. We're going to send it out in our newsletter. So if you want to get that, you can subscribe to our newsletter, scan the QR code in the TV in the lobby, or you can talk to me. We can get it done. But these four questions I think will be really beneficial as you close out this year to recall and to bring forth to the forefront of your mind, the goodness and kindness of God in your life. But here, here's what I believe. Here's what I have faith in is that God has been good to you this year. I believe that. I don't even know your story. And it's not because it's not about you. It's because of God. God has been good to you. God has been good to me. God has been faithful to you. And you've had some bumps on the road. You've had some troubles along the way. But I bet you, if you would just take a moment, you can say, you know what? In spite of all that, in spite of a a flooding church, walls torn down, God has been good to me. He's faithful, trustworthy. And it's a meaningful experience to take that time to bring that up forth, bring it to the forefront of your mind, and to sit and stew in that. It's a good place to be. So here are four questions to help you remember and reflect on 2022 or maybe the past few years. The first question is, what did I struggle with? And that's kind of an odd question to start with, but but I think this question is going to be the easiest question to answer among the four. What did I struggle with? What were my struggles in 2022 or since 2020, wherever? What did I struggle with? What were the things that that I that that were challenging for me? What were the things that really dragged me down? What were the things that 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 were, that like? I really want to get rid of and I want to move past what did I struggle with what were my problems what were my issues and the reason why this question is really important is because it's easy to answer right like you guys are probably like I got this I got this I got this remember that time this happened and this happened like you already know what those answers are but it gets you kind of in a mode to be able to remember and reflect as you start thinking about all the things you have struggled with so start with this what did I struggle with this year Then, a little bit harder question, what did I delight in? So those are my struggles. I remember all that stuff, but what did I delight in this year? And some of them might be connected to those struggles. You had a struggle, and then something happened, something changed in you or around you, and you're like delighted, and you are joyful. What did I delight in? And, And this is a really fun question. This is the fun question. It's not as, hard, not as easy because we as humans tend to, to lean toward the negative and remember the negative stuff. This is fun, though, right? Think about the food you ate. Remember that meal? That meal that you had that just, boom, blew your mind and kind of stuck with you? Remember that conversation you had with somebody where they said something or you said something and something kind of shifted or you really feel like you helped them or they really helped you? You remember that time you spent that time with your, your, your kids or your parents or a friend and like just you didn't do anything special. It wasn't crazy, but it was just like, wow, that was really, really special. Like, like think about those moments. These are the things that you delighted in. Maybe it happened at church. Maybe it was an event we had at church. Maybe it was a vacation, a place that you, you checked out, a, a mountain or a hike or whatever. Just like recall the things that you delighted in this year. And the third question, which may be the hardest question, is where did I most experience God's nearness? And here's the thing, like, some of your answers to this question may be the things that you said in the first question. That it was in the things that I struggled with that I experienced God's nearness the most. And so you start recalling all these things and putting it all on the table. And you begin to see where in these moments you really experienced the nearness of God. In the pain, in the joys, in the delight. In the struggles? Where what, what were those moments? What happened in those moments where where I remember like God's love like getting a hold of me for the first time in a long time? What were those moments where, where God breathed life into me and inspired me and I felt alive in a way that I haven't in a really long time? Like, what were those moments? Where, where are those moments where I was reading and God shared with me a word that like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Or I was at church and the sermon was exactly what I needed to hear. Like those moments are moments of the nearness of God. Like, and I, I, I try to talk about this often, you know, those moments where you feel like a message is hitting you and God is speaking to you. That's a powerful moment because the speaker, me or Pastor Jonathan, whoever guests has no idea. You know, it's not like we think about all your problems and be like, how can I talk about this? It's not what we do. We follow the spirit as we preach. And when those moments reach you and you hear those words, that is God working in your life. So, like, bring those to the forefront of your mind and to your memory as well. Where, where, where did I most experience God's nearness? And then finally, the last question, what did I learn? What did I learn? What did I learn about myself? Looking about the struggles and the delights and the nearness of God. What did I learn about myself? What did I learn about God? What did I learn about like, my perspectives and how I think about things? And, and, and I want you really to dig deep about who you are, right? Like, this is less about other people, right? I don't want you to, at the end of this, be like, well, I learned that I was right, that my brother is really annoying. You know, not, not like that stuff. Like, think about yourself, your perspectives, your way of thinking, your thought patterns. You might be like, wow, I realize that I'm actually very selfish. That's a really good thing to realize, guys. I I realize that I'm very self-absorbed. I think about me all the time. That's a really good thing to learn about yourself. Or maybe like I, I learned that God speaks to me in this way, that I connect with God in these moments more than these other moments. Like these are the places, these are the times where I'm like really moved. Or what did I learn about myself? What did I learn about God? What did I learn about how I think about things. These just four simple questions. Like I said, we're going to put on our Instagram and we'll put it in the, 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 the newsletter so that you can take some time to think about it, to write it out. And here's my hope. Whether this comes naturally for you or this is really tough for you like it is for me, I think it's worth it to at least give it a shot. Maybe wake up early in the morning and spend this time. Or maybe at night. I don't know where you got to do it, but it might just be worth it to take the time to remember and reflect because this is what that psalmist says will happen. Okay, so it's the same psalmist in the psalm right after Psalm 77 that we talked about. We're almost done here. In Psalm 77, he's talked about like, I'm struggling, I doubt, so I'm going to remember the works and wonders of God. In Psalm 78, Immediately, they're right afterwards. And, and, and we don't know if he wrote this right afterwards. But narratively, these psalms are right next to each other. So I think there's some meaning there. This is what he says in Psalm 78. He talks about, like, remembering all these things, what God has done and all that stuff. And then this is what he says will happen if you do this. And, and, and I don't want to put a guarantee out there. But this is what the word of God says. So I'm going to throw, put it out there in faith. He says, if you do this. The reason why we do this is this. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commandments. Set their hope anew on God. This is what will happen. The word of God says, if you would take that time to remember and reflect on the works and wonders of God, your hope will be set anew. Your hope will be set anew. Your faith will be set anew. Your joy will be set anew. Like, like your, your, your view on life will be, afresh, will be fresh and brand new if we could just remember the works and wonders of God. I don't know about you guys, but the idea of having fresh hope in my life, I think I need a little bit of that. Like to be able to have hope that is not like this dingy, like this old hope that I've been hanging on to that's like not really working, a brand new Experience of hope and inspiration for my life. I feel like you'd want that, and I definitely know that I want that. So each generation should set its hope anew on God. I think this is worth it. I think it's worth a shot. So as we close 2022, before you make, if you do make New Year's resolutions, before you do all that stuff, take a moment. Look back. And recall, remember, reflect the works, the everyday, like simple, low-key stuff that God has done for you in your life. But also take a moment to remember those those moments of miracle and, and spectacular interventions of God in your life as well. And he says, if you do that, I will give you a brand new hope as you face 2023. It's uncharted territory, just like the promised land was who knows what's going to happen next year, who knows what's going to happen to your life or to this country or to this world in 2023. But God's got your back and he's going to walk with you through it. And He wants to give you new life and new hope as you face those challenges next year. Take some time, 30 minutes, one hour. Ask those four questions about your year and bring forth the kindness and goodness of God. Put it right in front of your face and stew in that and sit in that, and your hope will be set anew. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you, God, for challenging me and maybe a a couple different people in this room who don't often do this, who don't often take time to reflect and remember and celebrate and memorialize things that happened to us. But God, I know, God, that there's power in this. And as, I conclude, as we conclude this year, this like crazy experience in my life with, with this church building and stuff like that, Lord, this memory I will never forget. But through that memory, I've seen and experienced goodness through it, Lord. And so God, I pray that you would help us not to forget as we go into this process of remembering and reflection, bring forth all the things that we've forgotten about. And Father, we pray, God, that what you said would happen in Psalm would happen. That in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, hope would be set you. Thank you so much for getting us through 2023. We look uh, 2022, we look to you to get us through and to help us not just survive, but thrive and just crush it in 2023. Thank you so much. in your name we pray. Amen.